Welcome to St. Corey Christian Center and our most recent podcast as we go through the book of Ephesians chapter by chapter and verse by verse as we learn what it means to be equipped. God bless you and have a wonderful day. All right, let's go to the word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Happy Father's Day, fathers. Yes, sir. It's a big day. Talked to all the girls this morning. They're doing great. I tell you what, it gets more challenging as they get older and spread their wings and fly and go do their thing. Then you got to go track them down. That's what we did yesterday. We went and tracked Kyla down. Chrissy's in Nova Scotia and Hannah's in St. John today. She'll be back later on, but it's been a good weekend. And just honored to be called Dad. We have a good, good father. Amen? We have a good, good father. And I'm very thankful for my natural dad. I know you hear me refer to him a lot, but I respect him deeply and greatly. And I think the older that we get, the more we realize how much they did know when we were 18. Remember how they didn't, when we were 17 and 18, they didn't know anything? Some of you are scared to admit it because maybe you're sitting right beside them. But But the older I get, the realize dad was right. Dad was right. (laughs) I thank God for my spiritual mentors and fathers that I still have, like Pastor Joe Beasley, Pastor Buckingham, Pastor Ashfield, my spiritual fathers that continually um, make sure that I'm on the straight and narrow. God is good. Well, we're going to have some fun reading. We're going to have fun with this today. If you've been reading ahead of me, you're going to have fun with this. At least I'll have fun with it. You can just join the team. And, uh, but starting right out the gate, you're going to have a little chuckle over this, but it's, it, we're going to dig into it and dive into it and have fun this morning. Amen? Ephesians 5, verses 22 to 33. Wives, submit your own husbands. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, let me say husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Let me say a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And for this means... For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I would say one. This is a great mystery. And everyone said, Amen. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Good, good Father. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Ephesians. We thank you for clarity of your word, for leading of your spirit. It's so fitting that we find ourselves in Ephesians 5, 22 to 33 on Father's Day. God, direct our hearts, direct our mindset. And Father, may your word find itself in our hearts and we will grow from it. We'll be strengthened from it and even stretched. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 
If I was to take that passage of Scripture and put that out on Facebook, I'd probably stir a lot of feathers. But when you take this passage of Scripture and put Christ as the center of it, it's not hard at all. Amen? I'm going to read some stats to you of the role of a dad in a home. And the role of a dad in a Christian home that really takes on the spiritual responsibilities very, very seriously. I'm going to read you some stats. When both parents attend Bible study or Sunday school and Sunday service, the stats tell you and I that 72% of their children will attend Sunday school when they grow to the age of an adult, 72%. When only the father attends Sunday school, that number goes down to 55% of the children will attend church when they get older. When only mom attends church and not dad, Stats tell you and I that only 15% of children will attend church when they get older. When neither parent attends Sunday school, only 6% of the children will stay in church when they get older. Those are the stats. And I believe that God is calling us fathers, and I've been speaking on this a lot in prayer nights about Dads rising up to the role of the priesthood in the family that we're called. We're just quiet in here this morning. This is not a job. I'm going to look at it this way. This is an opportunity. Amen? This is not I have to. This is I get to. Amen? That we have a good, good father that has set out a road map for us dads, for us fathers, that when we follow the heart of Christ, we have this wonderful opportunity that everywhere we go, our kids see Jesus. You with me? Now, you may say, well, Tuesday morning, they never saw Jesus when I was getting them out the door for school. They saw dad. I'm not saying, and I understand where I'm coming from this morning, this whole passage, I'm not saying we're perfect. We have a perfect work already in us. Remember Ephesians chapter 1. We are already holy and without blame, blessed with all spiritual blessings. Amen? So we in ourselves are not perfect, but the perfect work in us is working within us all the time to manifest the perfect work of Jesus that was done for us in Calvary's cross. Amen? So what does it mean if you're taking notes this morning when it says in verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord? How, what does that mean when, you know, could, I, could you imagine if I walked home this afternoon and said to Bonnie, you got to submit to me, woman. She's in the kitchen. Woo. There's a wall of separation. Thank you, Jesus. Just kidding. <laughs> Because I was going over my notes with her. She goes, it's okay if you drag me into it. I don't care. <laughs> now, now, I want to be very clear here. This is not an application where men, and this is, this is what I really want to be, be very clear about. This is not a spot or a position where men lord over their wives. You with me? You know, there, there's, there's two trains of thoughts where the men are a runner and the men have all the answers and the ladies are supposed to sit over in the corner and be quiet and not say a word about anything. That is not it. Amen? 
We know that from Bible because in the Old and the New Testament, women had a lot to say. And isn't it interesting, when key pivotal moments happen in Scripture, God spoke to the ladies a lot of times first. Ruth, Esther, dare I carry on, Mary. We could go on and on of different examples of God's spoke. So remember what I'm coming from and where Paul is coming from. And we find that as we dig through verse 33, that this is not an opportunity or a man to say, you know what, I'm the boss and I'm going to run her. And, and you know, you got to submit to everything I say. That's not it at all. When we come from the heart of Christ, we men should be the first ones to wash feet. Amen. And what I mean by that is we go through the example of Christ. Who was the first willing to sacrifice? Who was the first willing to give it up? He said the least will be what? The greatest. Amen? And so we see that how it is that we are having an opportunity through the family unit to be image bearers of Christ. So check it out. That the reality is this. And let's check out Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. So God created man in his own image. And the image of God created him. Male and female, he created them. I will say this this morning. There is a distinctive difference between a man and a woman. Spiritually, biologically, and psychologically, there's a difference. And there ought to be. And the reason I say that is because there's things that men can do that women can't. There's things that women can do that men can't. That's just the way it is. And that's got to be okay because that's the way God put it together. Oh, some of you looking at me like, oh, Lord. Now, here's the, here's the neat part is this, is that when you and I, when husbands and wives, when men and women, when we do what God's called us to do, there is no complication. What's going on on the earth today is simply this, is that the earth is pushing so hard that there be no male and be no female. And the reason I bring this up is because Paul brings it up. And the reason that we got to bring this stuff up, if we want successful church, we got to be shouting for a successful family first. You notice how I didn't say perfect. There's no perfect family, and there's no perfect church. But the work of the Holy Spirit within the family and within the church family is perfect. Amen? And God has said, you know what, I made you for a specific reason. And what we see as the family unit is what God saw. I'm not going to mess with God's plan. Amen? I'm not going to mess with God's work and God's image and God's blueprint. And so what does it mean when it says, wives, submit to your husbands? What it means is this, is that, guys, if we do love them unconditionally, Guys, if we really have the heart of Christ for our families and for our wives and for our kids, I promise you, the wife will have no problem following our leadership. If we're selfish, if there's abuse, if there's hurt, no, they ought not follow that. Amen. I know people that have tolerated really bad relationships that are abusive. That's not of God. Amen. What is of God is this, love Joy, peace, long-suffering, that is of God. Amen? And so when we go our way, and so when you men get home today, before you say, woman, you better submit. <laughs> you better, you, the first question is say, God, am I submitting to you? That's the real question. 
we get the opportunity, you think about this, we get as fathers, we get as families the opportunity to be image bearers of Jesus Christ and the church. And here's what happens is people are not so much attracted to the church. And I want, I want to be clear on this. If people are just attracted to this building, it won't be sustainable. You with me? If they are attracted to the relationships in this building, it is sustainable. People come and people go, and sometimes people come just because they like the feeling of the room or they like the decor of the building, but then sometimes they disappear. Why is it? Because this thing is not built on tangibles. It's built on relationship. The blueprint for the successful church is the family of God. Amen? That's the way it is. And so we move forward. And so verse 26 and 28 says it this way that he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Now, why would, he, why would Paul put that in there, that he would sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word? Because back in the day, back in Roman historic times, when a lady was getting ready for the wedding, they had a cleansing process that she had to go through using water as a cleanser. And they, they reflected and they understood that and understood what Paul was writing. But thankfully, just as the bride and the groom prepare themselves for a natural wedding, we are preparing ourselves for a spiritual wedding. And we are preparing ourselves right now. How? By the washing of the word. We are the church. We are the bride. Christ is the groom. And he's preparing us. That's why I keep saying, get in the word. Get in the word. What's it doing? It's preparing us to win battles. The word is preparing us to win successes. The word is preparing us for our marriage supper of the Lamb. You with me so far? That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she'll be holy and without blame. What I'm saying today is simply this. I said it earlier. I'll repeat it. We're not perfect, but we got a perfect word and a perfect God. And my perfect example is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to go after that and pray to the living God that if I go after him with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my might, I'll look back and there's wife and the kids following along. Amen? We were to a conference a number of years ago, and the statement was, man up. There is a call for the men of God to man up and be the leaders in the home and be leaders in church. I know that's not popular talk in 2021, but there's still an order of the home, an order of the church, and an order of God. And when we follow his will and his way, it is not hard. And everybody's smiling. Reality is, men, this we've got the bigger role. Not as important, but the bigger role of responsibility. I just read us all some stats that said when dad is involved in being good, good father, look what becomes of the rest of the family. And when dad pulls himself out of that link, look what happens to the rest of the family. Best way I could explain it to you, what if our good, good father pulled himself out of your life? The church would carry on. The bride would carry on. But you wouldn't. We need good, good father. And my challenge to us today is we need good, good fathers. Amen? 
And there is a spirit of the age that is trying to rivet through Canada and rivet through North America. And they're trying to basically decimate God's order of the family. What's our prayer? What do, what do we do with folks that come in that don't have the viewpoint that God has on the family? Do you judge them? No. But I tell you this, you love on them, we pray on them, we show them an example, and let the love and the light of Jesus shine upon them, and they will see God's blueprint. It will show up as clear as the nose in their face. Amen. The reason I say that with all carefulness is because of this. This is for the church. Don't be shocked that that world acts like the world, but it is not our job or our responsibility to judge the world. The Word will do that. Amen? The Scripture says, let judgment begin where? In the house of God, not on the street corner. You with me so far? It, it, it's so easy for a Christian to judge the lad down the street. You have no biblical legal right to judge the lad down the street because they have not confessed that their heart and their diligence and loyalty is to the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you see a brother or a sister that is not following Scripture, what's the Scripture say? That if you see someone trip and fall, that you reach down and kick them? The Bible says if you see a brother or a sister mess up on God's plan or God's way or trip or stumble, reach down and pick them up, get down in the dirt with them and pick them up and say, God has a plan. His plan has not changed for you. There may be a trip. There may be a trap. There may be a little stumble along the way, but I'm here to help you. I'll wash your feet every step of the way till I see you recover and you're standing on my shoulders when this is all said and done. That is the role of a good, good father. That is the role of the fathers in the church. How do we know that? Because look what Jesus done. All you got to do is a handpicked 12. Come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And then when they get arguing about who's the greatest, Jesus like, you know what? I'll tell you who the greatest is, the least of you. And then the disciples got wrangling one more time about how the kids were tripping over his feet and causing such a ruckus and causing such a stir. And Christ rebuked that religious spirit and he said, forbid them not for such is the kingdom of heaven. Get them over here now. So if we're going to have successful, successful, sustainable church, I submit to you this morning. If that's going to be a continued viable presence in our community, our heart and our goal and our focus must be sustainable families in our community first. For example, if you find yourself that the only time you hear the Word of God or do any reading of the Word is when we do it together as a family here on Sunday morning, it is time to get a devotional plan. It's time to take your phone and download the Bible app or the Daily Bread and do some family devotions, do some couples devotions, do some personal devotions, get in the Word of God. And what will happen is this, is that God will start manifesting and showing himself to you things that, man, I want to grow in that area. I want to grow in this area. We need strong, sustainable families in Charlotte County in order for there to be a strong, sustainable church. You can't have strong church and not strong family. Amen? I know this is boots on the ground, cornbread and beans stuff this morning, but you know what? This is the fabric of what God has put together from Genesis chapter 1. You with me so far? 
Colossians chapter 3 verse 19 says it this way. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter. Amen. Don't get bitter. So, man, but you don't know what happened last week. She messed her up bad. I'm not saying Bonnie did. I'm just saying hypothetical. I used to, I'm going to confession is good for the soul. And when I was working on the farm, I used to listen to a country band. I know you very spiritual people never heard tell this band before. It was called Brooks and Dunn. They wrote this song back a number of years ago, and they said, Pride is the chief cause and the decline in the number of husbands and wives. And what happens is this, is, uh, I believe as David Jeremiah wrote it this way in one of his books, he said this way, we don't run out of love, we run out of forgiveness. And when Paul's writing along to the church in Colossia, he says, love your wives and do not be bitter. I'll tell you why, because guess what? We are not perfect and we will make mistakes. And the enemy sees an opportunity to start division and divide and say, you know what, instead of, instead of you getting better marriages and better homes, I'm going to throw a seed of bitterness in there. And we see that over and over in the Gospels that many times there was this opportunity for Jesus to get bitter with his own family and bitter with the religious world and bitter with the government and bitter with his brothers and sisters. But every time that there's an opportunity for bitter, Jesus just got it better. Amen? Titus chapter 2 verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men might be sober and reverent and temperate, sound in faith and love and patience. Guys, we got a big responsibility, don't we? But we're up for the task. And then finally he moves it forward and he says in verse 32 and verse 33, he says it like this. He says, this is a great mystery. Look at the one beside you and say, yeah, it's a great mystery. You ever look at your spouse? Or maybe your spouse has looked at you and said, why did you do it that way? Not too, not too long ago, I was in a certain home. Now you wonder, whose home? It ain't none of your business. <laughs> I always say they pay, to keep my, they pay me to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> and they were filling the dishwasher, and they put the dishes in the dishwasher. And the wife come along and rearranged them. Now, these are dirty dishes going in a dishwasher that will clean the dishes. But he put them in. I thought, kudos to you, dude. You're doing the dishes. She come along, and the plates were supposed to be here, not there. And the cups were supposed to be here, not there. I thought, they're dirty dishes. Who really cares? <laughs> oh. Let's not get bitter, lads. We're trying. We're doing our best. <laughs> Don't get bitter, Georgie. We have this amazing opportunity to show Jesus to our families, guys. To be a good, good father. To have that heart that says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What am I saying? Be quick to forgive. Be fast to love. Slow to speak. And let the love of Jesus pour out of us. Why? Remember, as he's working on me, as he's working on you, he's working on the church. 
He's preparing us. Will we lose our temper? We sure will. Will we lose our cool? We sure will. But guess what? That's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the chapter. How many times have we gone home? And maybe it was something we'd done with one of our children, and we thought, man, I lost it today. I'll never forget one time when Kyla was learning how to drive the car. Yeah, I was on pins and needles. I ain't going to lie. And she was driving down Milltown Boulevard. And I say, Lord Jesus. When I'm in a car, I don't, it's just me, I guess, just, just the way Jody's geared. I like to have that steering wheel in my hand when I'm in the car. I know that's hard for some of you to imagine, but that's the truth. I could be dog beat tired and Bonnie will say, you want me to drive? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm feeling a witness in my spirit boat now. And we're driving down Milltown Boulevard. And uh, Kyle is just about to do something that I know if she turns that wheel with just one more millimeter, she's going to clip the mirror off of that vehicle. I know it's going to happen. And I said, Kyle, stop. She's not used to me raising my voice. I'm a pretty relaxed kind of personality, pretty calm. And the way I dealt with that emergency done more harm than it did good. It hurt her. And we went home, and I cried all the way home, and she cried all the way home, and she went in her room, and I stayed in the living room. Then a little while later, I said, Lord Jesus, I lost it. There's an opportunity for me to show her something, and I lost it. And my flesh, Jody popped up instead of you. And I heard her and I never helped her. A couple hours later, I'm upset on the bed and said, Kyle, I'm sorry. I lost it. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good, good father. Sometimes we still talk about that incident to this day as a learning moment, not as a bitter moment. And you know what, folks? We have something amazing to look forward to. We have something amazing to look up to. How do you know that? The Bible says in Revelations 21 and 2, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Revelation 21 and 9, Then one of the seven angels who read the seven bowls full of the seven final plagues came and spoke to me, saying, Come, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Psalms 103 and 13, as the father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. And one more I'll give you today is this, dads, families. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6 and 9 says it this way. And these words that I command you today shall be on your own heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you will talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be like a frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorsteps of your house and on your gates. Guys, families, dads, we got an opportunity. We got an opportunity to manifest Jesus in every area of our lives. When we mess up, when we have celebrations, when we have room for improvement, Let's not get down on each other. Let's not get down on ourselves. But see, you know what? You know what? I'm going to get up again. 
I'm going to move forward again. Yesterday afternoon, I, I lost my cool. I did this. But you know what? Today's a new day. And today's a graceful day. And today's God's day. And I'm going to rejoice. And I'm going to be glad in it. And it's going to be okay. I'm talking to dads today in the house and online. That you look at yourself. Maybe you looked in the mirror today. And said, I'm a mess up. I'm a deadbeat dad. I'm here to tell you today. You're not a deadbeat dad. Today is a new day. And today is a day of salvation. And when you call upon Jesus Christ he'll show up right here right now in this house in your home and say you know what today is your day it's a brand new day because everybody deserves a chance to be called good good father we're all in this together but that's why he said I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a helper. Send him in my name. He's going to teach you and guide you in all things. And there will be days when people will come to us and our kids will come to us and our spouses will come to us with questions and we don't have answers. We can say, God, I need your help. But every time, God will show up in his own way. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He loves you that much that he loves giving you good, good gifts. We painted this picture for 50 years over this counter that God's as God is ready to beat you up. Over every mess up, beat you up. It's called the rod of religion. And God doesn't have that rod. But when we painted that picture, God's saying, no. No, it's not that. It's this. Forgive them. Love them. Heal them. Restore them. Restore them. Good, good Father. Let's all stand to our feet this morning, shall we? Father, I, I come to you today. And I say to you, God, that we're going to do our best to follow your will. Follow your word and follow your way. The good, good father. Maybe there's a dad here today that's really struggling with self-esteem and really struggling with saying, you know what, if you only knew all the stuff that I did wrong, God, remind them one more time, today's a brand new day. Today's the new day. The reason the sun rose and the reason your heart's still beating is because God's given you one more day, one opportunity to let God be the good, good Father. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we as a church family, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we as natural families do all that we can do to exemplify your blueprint here in this house. That when we go to the highways and we go to the byways of this region, we can be truly, truly manifesting the kingdom. Help us today, Father. And thank you for being a good, good father to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We pray that you've been equipped and encouraged. Continue to follow us on sccc.online and there will be resources and tools available to you 
and reach out to us at any time if we can help. Have an amazing day.